You're listening to a podcast from Riverview Church in Bowness, recorded during one of our Sunday gatherings. For more information about Riverview Church, or service times, or contact details, go to riverviewchurch.uk or find us on Facebook at Riverview Bowness. Well, good morning, everyone. Um, in this series, we'll be exploring who is Jesus and why should I care. This morning, I'd like to ask a question What do you know? It's often the case that life goes on and suddenly a, a what do you know moment seems to take place. It could be, if you're, if you're fortunate, an unexpected windfall, a chance meeting with someone you've not seen for years. Or maybe God just shows up when we least expect him to do so. In Luke 24, verse 13, it says, Now the same day two of them were going to a village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem. They were talking with each other about everything that had happened. And as they talked and discussed these things with each other, Jesus himself came up and walked with them. But they were kept from recognising him. Jesus, first of all, is the stranger on the Emmaus road. It seemed they didn't know who he was. It seems incredible, but that's what scripture seems to suggest to us. There are many roads that could prevent us from recognising Jesus. Jesus engaged with them, uh, we would perhaps say, well, what are you saying to this morning? Haven't you heard? Jesus of Nazareth, prophet, powerful in word and deed, sentenced to death and crucified, etc. And in verse 21 of that chapter, they say these things, but we had hoped. This Emmaus road for them, it was a road of disappointment and discouragement. Max Lucado said they saw Jesus' death as the death of their movement. We might as well pack our bags and head home. The dream, it seemed, had died. Therefore, the only thing for them was back to familiar things. But Jesus, you know, has a habit of breathing life back into dead things. He still brings sight to the blind, healing to the deaf and healing to the disabled. When I lived in Glasgow many years ago, my best friend Jim Meldrum lived with his parents at an address, and that address was called Park Circus. It was aptly named due to the fact it was all the houses were built around the park. It was very circular, obviously, in construction. It was great fun to cycle around, but after a while, there was a need to stop and change direction. Perhaps that's you this morning. You're going in a certain direction. Life seems to be in a bit of a rut, a bit of a circle, and it's time to change direction. Sometimes there can be cycles of behaviour that can get a hold of our lives and prove difficult to shake. But praise God, he comes to set us free. In Mark 9.22, a man with a demonised son came to Jesus. And Jesus asked the boy's father, how long has he been like this? Well, the reply was, from childhood, he answered. It has often thrown them into a fire or water to kill him. But when Jesus saw that a crowd was on their way, he rebuked the spirit and said, You deaf and mute spirit, I command you, come out of him and never enter him again. The spirit shrieked and convulsed him violently according to scripture, and then in the end it came out. Praise God. There may be many roads leading away from the centre of God's plan and will for your life this morning. But what do you know? Jesus still draws near and meets up with each one of us.
In Luke 24, there's another very intriguing verse. In verse 52, it says, In addition, some of our women amazed us. And you know what? In Riverview, we have got a few amazing women amongst us here. Regardless of what happened, Jesus is able to meet up with us and bring his word of deliverance and freedom. God still sends believers to make believers, men and women alike. The second thing I'd like to share this morning was that um, the enemies of Christ, it seemed that they didn't know they were crucifying the Lord of glory. In 1 Corinthians chapter 2, it says, we do, however, Paul speaking, speak a message of wisdom among the mature, but not the wisdom of this age or the rulers of this age who are coming to nothing. No, we speak of God's secret wisdom, a wisdom that has been hidden and that God destined for our glory be time before time began. Then it's this verse, none of the rulers of this age understood it, for if they had, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. However, as it is written, no eye has seen nor ear heard, no mind has conceived what God has prepared for those who love him. But God has revealed it to us by his Spirit. You know, I'm often caught by some of the doxologies that Paul has written, and you can't blame him. He could say things like this in Romans 11:33: Oh, the depth of the riches of the wisdom and knowledge of God! How unsearchable his judgment and his paths beyond tracing out! Who has known the mind of the Lord, or who has been his counsellor? Who has ever given to God that God should repay him? For from him and through him and to him are all things. To him be the glory forever. Amen. Praise God this morning. Salvation is of the Lord. In Acts 2 and 23, it says this Jesus, in the King James Version, is him being delivered by the determinate counsel and foreknowledge of God ye have taken and by wicked hands have crucified and slain. Verse 24 says, But God raised him from the dead. Bless his glorious name forevermore. In Acts 2.23, determinate is the Greek horizo, from where we derive the word horizing. This refers to God limiting or horizoning, horizoning all aspects of creation and particularly the plan of salvation. Even men engaged in the grossest wickedness cannot thwart or overturn the plan of God. Salvation is of the Lord. In John 1, 46-50, Jesus saw Nathanael under the fig tree. And Nathanael, of course, when he encountered the Lord Jesus, he said, where, where did you get to know me? And Jesus answered, I saw you under the fig tree before Philip it's one of these moments, what do you know? Jesus is on my case and I didn't even realise it. No wonder Nathaniel was astonished and many of us have been astonished at the grace of God as he comes to us in various different ways and meets up with us when we least expect to encounter him. Friend, Jesus sees your way before he even calls you and he sees where you're at. You're on his radar you could say that you're on his horizon. So on God's horizon, he sees the cross. He sees the tomb. 
He sees the victory. Low in the grave he lay, Jesus my Saviour. Waiting the coming day, Jesus my Lord. Up from the grave he arose with a mighty triumph o'er his foes. He arose a victor o'er the dark domain, and he lives forever with the saints to reign. He arose, he arose, hallelujah, Christ arose. Death cannot keep its prey, Jesus my Saviour. He tore the bars away, Jesus my Lord. Friends, do you think for one second if the enemies of God's great plan of salvation had seen it, they would have gone ahead? I'd like to suggest never. I don't know if you, like me, have ever banged your head. I have a few times in my previous employment, it was mandatory, certainly on any site work, that we had to wear a hard hat or a bump cap to protect us from bruising or bumping our head. And you can probably see now that I don't have much early warning system at the top of the crown of my head. So um, hard things would appear very quickly and cause some damage. I've certainly known the experience of seeing stars, and I guess many of you have as well. I was, I was thinking back to Jessica's first message in this series, where one of the earliest prophecies of the plan of salvation was introduced in Genesis chapter 3 and verse 15. The seed of the woman shall bruise the serpent's head, has been proclaimed. I think it's wonderful when God takes the very uh, root of our problem and deals with it. Remember Adam, he was playing, that woman you gave me, she made me eat. And, and we see that God, he mentions the seed of the woman and the very person who was getting the blame was going to be the very person who would be key, who would be instrumental in the bruising of the servant's head. The seed of this woman, this woman who was blamed for the failure of Adam, um, the seed of this woman would bruise indeed the servant's head. I suspect it would be difficult to think straight when the heel of your adversary comes crushing down on your skull. Scripture says they didn't know they were crucifying the Lord of glory. And then lastly, I'd like to say the main message of the Bible. What do you know? Well, in 1 John 5.13, the writer says, I write these things to you so that you may know that you have eternal life. Max Lucado, he says in 1 John 5.11, this is what God has told us. God has given us eternal life. And this life is in his Son. Whoever has the Son has life. But whoever does not have the Son does not have life. Friend, God wants you to know this morning. He wants you to know. The question, of course, is, do you have the Son? Have you received Jesus into your heart and life? In the familiar story of the prodigal son, in Luke 15, 20, it says, But while he was still a long way off, while he was still out in the horizon, his father saw him. And just like he sees you and he sees me this morning, he knows the street where you live. He sees the cycle of life that you're at right at this very moment. And his father heart of love is filled with so much compassion for you 
as he was for that prodigal son. It says that he ran to him. This shows us the attitude of a God of infinite love. He runs towards us when we're in the far country. He put, puts his arms out to embrace us. It says he threw his arms around his wayward son and he kissed him. It's difficult these days when we're living in the midst of this social distancing when you cannot actually uh, take hold of each other and embrace one another in, in Christ's love. But the Father heart of God, he reaches beyond all the restrictions and he reaches out his, his arms to you this morning and tells you that he has loved you with an everlasting love. Maybe you're sitting on the fence, I don't know. Maybe you're saying, well, why should, it, why should I care? Why should I bother about this? Well, I'd like to suggest this, that God still cares. He still comes near to you. Maybe you're not on that Emmaus road. You're maybe not like the two that decided to pack their bags and, uh, and move out. They were something like seven miles from Jerusalem. Now, I think they reckon you can walk it five miles an hour, but I think in the heat of Jerusalem, it might be a bit slower than that. But God still comes near to you on the road that you're on, and he comes to you right now. Perhaps he's even speaking to you through this little word this morning. God's great plan for your salvation was on his horizon a long, long time ago. I often say to people, you know, I accepted the Lord Jesus. But way before I accepted him, I found that he had already accepted me. And he was already moving strong on my, on my heart and bringing me to a place where I would confess him as my Lord and my Saviour. To think back, as Jessica shared with us, we find the earliest occurrence regarding salvation right back in the genesis of the Bible, right back at the very start. Incredible as it may seem to you and I. It was no accident, but carefully planned and displayed on the cross of Calvary. The just for the unjust, that he might bring us to God. Why should I care, you might say? Well, he wants you to know eternal life by receiving Jesus into your heart and into your life. We're watching Rune, our grandson, today. In fact, he's having a bit of a nap, I think, right now. But, you know, Rene and I often play at chasing each other. And incidentally, he's getting really quite quick on his feet. And Grandad has a bit of a struggle trying to keep ahead of him. But you know what happens? When he reaches me, he will put one hand in each of the back pockets of my jeans and he'll shout out, Got you! I wonder, has God got you this morning? I wonder if his love and his grace and his mercy has broken you down this morning as he has reached out his great heart of love, this great fatherly heart that chases after you, that watches out for you coming and that moves towards you in compassion and grace. Do you have Jesus in your life this morning? If you'd like to know eternal life, why not ask him into your heart and life right now. He still cares, he still loves you, he still has a heart after the lost. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save that which was lost. I've got a little prayer here that perhaps you would like to um, 
I'd like to share with you this morning. I'm just going to read this out. And if any of this has made sense to you this morning, what do you know in life? Suddenly, God shows up. Certainly for many of us, that has been our experience. For me, it was in the workplace, when I was on the tools, when I was building equipment. Then suddenly, God sends a person along and begins to share the love of God and the love of Jesus Christ for me, a sinner. And if he's been doing that in your heart and life this morning, perhaps that this little prayer of invitation may be just something that will be helpful for you on your journey. Here it is. Lord Jesus Christ, I'm sorry for the things I've done in my life. And you may need to take a moment or two to consider anything in particular that is troubling your conscience right now. Please forgive me. I now turn from everything I know is wrong. Thank you that you died on the cross for me so that I can be forgiven and set free, regardless of the road that I seem to be on. Thank you that you offer me forgiveness and the gift of your Holy Spirit. I now receive that gift. Please come into my life by your Holy Spirit to be with me forever. In the name of Jesus. Amen. God bless you this morning.